It's the matchup presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. He's back, folks. I know you recognize that face, that background, that smile. He should be smiling because he's been taking everybody's damn money over the last two months, but uh, he's been helping a lot of people with his packages too, I should say, uh, make a lot of money. Uh, He's been on a heater and he's been on the show twice and he can attest we've smoked it both times uh, on this show, including him hitting the round one leader each time he's back beating the bookie. How you doing, my man? It's great to be back. I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I got a little banged up at the uh, Palmetto last week. Uh, Unlike you who had Higo at, you know, 50 to one, I had a Hadley. So Got a little banged up there in the final round, but just getting ready for the U.S. Open. Uh, this yep. is a tournament that's like like no other, really, in the U.S., so I'm just looking forward to it, and I'm um, hoping to have a great week. Higo's 75 to 1. I've already hit him, so look, um, I've been on the Higo train for months, and that felt good. Get one uh, there. At, I had him at 47 to 1, and um, I was happy to see him get the W. You make a good point, the U.S. Open. It's, it's one of the big ones. When I was young, I think I looked at it as the biggest one. I would even put it ahead of the Masters. I think the Masters has yeah. since moved past that. U.S. Open, I feel like kind of lost its identity there for a little while, but I do feel like they're getting it back. And I think this will be a big step with the golf course of Torrey Pines, where they were back in 2008. And of course, Tiger hobbling around on one leg beats Rocco Mediate, who will be on the podcast right here on nice. Thursday. So don't miss that. He's an absolute trip telling stories one after the other. That'll be fun. Um, but we're back again. You know, it's, you look at this course, of course, the farmers is there. So many things are different. Um, it's a par yeah. 71 now to start with. We know it's longer 7,700. We know the rough is going to be much thicker. The greens are going to be quicker. Um, there's just a lot of different things. Do you put any stock into looking at how the guys did when they were there earlier in the year to maybe how they might play it this year? Not really. You no, know, they changed the, uh, the one par five into a par four. Um, so they made it, you know, the par 70 and 71, like you said, but you know, the USGA, mm-hmm. uh, they're out to, they're out to prove a point. They don't want anybody shooting 10, 12 under on their course. Um, so, you know, I think it's going to start off exceptionally hard like usual. And I think we'll see the winner around maybe six, eight under. Um, I definitely think more guys under par mm. than the last U S open. Um, just cause you know, for viewing, I, I don't think they want another golfer winning by six shots like Bryson did. Right. Um, so I think, I think they'll make it a little bit easier than in New York last year, but uh, I think it's going to be, it'll still be pretty hard with those, you know, narrow fairways and they're going to make you pay. If you miss the fairway, um, they're going to make you pay. So I'm looking for a guy who's, uh, accurate off the tee. Um, someone who's accurate with irons, uh, that kind of player for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's obviously a bunch of those guys that, that fit the bill at the top. So yeah, I definitely think that they're out to prove a point and I'm looking forward to it. You, you really mm-hmm. never know what they're going to, you know, you never know what they're going to bring to the table. When they're when they're doing this layout for this, uh, we could see another three rounds where guys just struggle, and then mm-hmm. the fourth round they might make those greens nice and easy. So right. you just never know what they're going to do, and I'm I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, there is a, a certain level of you know where you can't really predict too much. You know, it's kind of hard to get a feel mm-hmm. how long the rough's going to be. It's always really long when they get there Sunday, Monday, and then they start to do some things. And you know, it's interesting. It sounds like on seven holes, they're going to do the graduated rough out, but then on other holes, they're not. And then you kind of get the sense that the rough's going to be longer as you get closer to the greens. So there's some interesting things happening there. The one thing you know for sure that will play into this, A, is the POA greens. That will be there, you know, and that's anytime you start saying that word, it just, it's a wild card right into the flat stick and who can handle those. Um, and then the Kikuya grass is definitely going to play a factor. I was listening to my friend, Aaron Oberhoser on golf channel. He was talking about how there's like four or five different grasses around the green and just how inconsistent and depending upon how the ball gets in there. So there's certainly a level of luck as well that you're going to yeah. see here. You're going to see a ball going to the rough and the guy's going to play out of it. No problem. And then it's going to go into the rough and the guy's gonna be like, 
I can't even see my ball. Right. And he's going to be like two yeah. feet from where that guy just was. So it's, you know, you got to get a few breaks here and there for sure uh, in the U S open. So let's get into it. You know how we do it here. We're going to go through each range and um, we're going to give you some thoughts here at U S open, spend maybe a little bit more time here and give you our thoughts on as many players as we can. And then really just kind of give you who we're really looking at as our kind of top play from each region. And of course in fantasy, you know, we're going to play multiple cards. So, you know, in the top range, yeah. if we like a, a Kepka, we might lead him into some lineups with obviously some people underneath him, but that doesn't mean Kepka is going to be in every one of our cards, but certainly is one of the top players in that level of pricing. So in the top level, we have a John Rom 11,200 leading it off. You know, he'll be focused. That's my, That's my boy. 10, nine. Right there. Yeah. Spieth is 10, nine DJ, 10, seven Shambo, 10, four and Brooksy 10, one. So of those five, who's your boy? I'm going to have to go with the, the chalk here. I'm going to go with John Rahm. Um, I think after being forced to withdraw from the Memorial, I think he is pissed, um, you know, giving up 1.7 million when he could have just, you know, if he was here in Florida, we could have just put a pool noodle in the cup and uh, he could have went out there and played the final round by himself. Uh, but he wasn't. And uh, he, he cost himself, you know, a $1.7 million payday. Yeah. So I think he's coming out. He's angry. Um, he, he was asymptomatic, so he didn't have any symptoms. So he's practically fully healthy. He had last week off, so he's fully rested. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the perfect layout for him because I think he is that like one golfer who like we saw him do at the Memorial, he can break the simulation of the course and he could mm -hmm. go like a 12 one. He could go a 12 under something that the course designers didn't want happening. I think he's one of the guys that can break the, uh, the simulation and go under what the course designers were looking for. I agree. You know, he, he can bring a golf course to his knees through with his driver, that one club long yeah. and straight, right? He can, he can make that happen. Um, yeah, he, it looked like on Saturday in Columbus, he finally got it going. Like he just finally was out of neutral as he had been. And he rolls off six birdies on the back and he gets the news when he walks off the green and an ace. John Rahm and an, certainly and an ace. Yeah. What's that? And an ace and so. an ace. Yeah, absolutely. You know, speed at 10, nine, he's won an open before us open. You know, he hasn't done much obviously in years now leading up to this through his struggles. I don't know if I trust the driver at that pr price for speed. I feel like, yes, it's better. The iron game is, is getting back to world-class. We know mm -hmm. the short game is there, but I, I just, I feel like the driver still can be a question mark. And, and, and at that price, we're looking for someone to win. Uh, DJ yeah, showed some form, made a triple late, but it was certainly the best finish we've seen in the calendar year, believe it or not, his first top 10. Mm -hmm. So he's starting to move the right way. Bryson at 10-4, the defending champ. I think the one thing you got to look at here versus Wingfoot is I do think at Wingfoot, Bryson was able to kind of hack it out and, and kind of chase it up to those greens. Mm -hmm. Where I think with Tory, I don't think he's going to be able to do that as much. I think the greens are a little more elevated in the way that they're designed. So I, I do think it's going to be more difficult. Although he was above average in fairways hit, Bryson's still kind of looking for that touch in the approach game and around the greens. And then there's Kepka, who was second, you know, at the PGA. So there's, you know, there's a lot there. I, I, I think for me, I'll probably start some cards in the nine thousands and we'll get to that here in a second. But I think the guy that I'm going to trust the most here that I feel like if he can just polish up the approach game will be DJ. So I'll give you DJ at 10, seven against your ROM at 11, two. What do you think Kepka's is going to do? You think, I mean, I mean, for crying out loud, we've got a second and two first here in three of the last yeah. four years, missed the cut last week, but he probably doesn't even care about that. Yeah. Does he? Yeah, I think he, Maybe he had some sponsor commitments or he had to go last week and play, but Kepka is a gamer and yeah. we see it at every, at every major pretty much um, besides the masters this year, he's done great in, you know, in majors. Um, so I think Kepka's a gamer. I think having the Saturday and Sunday off really helped him. If you watched him play on Friday, you know, I watched him his entire round. I don't really think he was trying to make the cut so much. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he was trying to do terrible. It looked like to me, he was trying to work on some things that maybe he needed to work on. Um, and he actually said that after the, after the round. So Kepka's a gamer and that's one guy that 
you know, if I had to put my money on one guy at a U.S. Open or a PGA Championship, it's going to be Kepka because I know he's going to show up and he's just a competitor, especially now with his Brooks feud. Um, mm. I think he really wants to prove himself. Um, and he's having his, you know, his best, his best season, like most consistent season. He's got mm-hmm. a, he's got seven, seven made cuts. Yeah. You know, he's made seven of 13 cuts and five of those times he's made the cut. He's, he's finished in the top 10. Um, so when he stick this season, he finishes inside the top 10. And I think he will finish in, inside the top 10 for sure this week. And I think the score being, you know, minus eight, minus seven for the winner. I think that helps him significantly. Yeah. You know, Rom's 10 to one DraftKings Sportsbook, Bryson 15, Dustin 15, Kepka 19, Spieth 19. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think I'll probably, this. I could easily just pick two names, go heavy on both of them and be done with it here, you know, at the US Open. And uh, I think Rom and DJ are certainly the two that I would probably look at and Kepka would be right in there in, in third. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sports book, but also America's top rated sports book. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors in nearly limitless ways to get in on all the actions. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. Place a pre-tournament wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if Bryson DeChambeau sinks a birdie this week. That's 100 to 1 odds on Bryson hitting a birdie during the tournament. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the actions. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TRAVIS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if Bryson sinks a birdie this weekend. That's code TRAVIS to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbooks. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler or in indiana 1-800-9 with it all right so as we move on here and now we start getting into the nine thousands in the nine thousands is rory mcelroy ladies and gentlemen you don't see that very often 9900 you don't see jt at 97 very often either morikawa 95 xander 93 victor 92 can't lay 91 reed one year before uh, at nine thousand. not the u.s open but he's won the farmer's uh, yeah. insurance. You look at that. And you look at those names. The name that I just can't get my eyes to go past is Rory because we know the ceiling, right? Um, we know the ceiling with Rory mm-hmm. and he's won a U.S. Open before. It's interesting. The only guy that hasn't won a U.S. Open in the top six names there that we've talked about is Rom <laughs> and he's the favorite. Um, yeah. But Rory T8 last year, T9 in 2019. I'm certainly looking at him. JT, I still feel like is working through some things. I see a guy who's in between with his putter as he's changed putting coaches. I just, I just, I just, I'm not comfortable with JT right now, but I certainly could let myself go to Morikawa as I did two weeks ago, heavy Mm -hmm. to win, but he forgot how to hit the ball on Sunday and he didn't get it done. Where, where, Where are you going there? Yeah, you know, that was disappointing when, you know, in the playoff, Cantlay teed off over in the thick stuff. And Morikawa, he was in the sand, but he should have, you know, he should have used an iron, got up on the green. Um, I was kind of disappointed on his second shot uh, with that hybrid. Um, so Morikawa, I'm not really sold on his putting stroke right now. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why he changed putting strokes, to be honest. It's like all these guys, they just, it's like they're trying to come up with something new all the time. Um, something better, but I think he should have just stuck with, with what works. But with that said, you know, in this price range, I do love Colin Morikawa. I mean, for his driving accuracy, mm-hmm. um, he's first on greens and regulations. Um, so T to green, he's first um, approach to the green. He's first um, just his putting, you know, he's 167th in strokes gained putting this year. So his new claw grip, it hasn't worked. 
for him. Um, so I'm not sure how long he's going to stick with that, but I definitely like him for his accuracy. I think, you know, at a U.S. Open, you're going to have to be very accurate. They're not going to let a bomber beat them. Um, so I do love Colin Morikawa in this price range. Well, I think with Morikawa, you're going to, you're just going to have to hit him on those good weeks. In Memorial, he was positive five putting. And, and then, then the four before that, he was in the negative. And then yeah. the last time he was positive was at WGC Mexico, where he was positive four and he wins. So you just have to, mm-hmm. you have to pick those moments. I just felt like he had a good track record at Memorial and putting. Obviously, he won the workday there. So I, I, was like, I, I feel like with his ball striking and anything in the positive three, he has a chance to win. And he did. And his ball striking let him down mm-hmm. on Sunday, which you don't expect. Yeah. But you certainly, nope. the one thing with Morikawa, he's like Rom. He can bring a course to its knees with his ball striking, you know, and mm-hmm. he can wear it out. And he, and then it's just, you know, it's the law of averages. He's going to make one or two. Like he's, you know, he's just too good of a player. Now, is he going to clip him off at the yeah. rate of others? Historically, no. But when you live in positive seven approach, <laughs> You know, like, yeah, I mean, that's just a dominant number and his driving, I feel like has consistently gotten better too. So you have to weigh that out. Can he do enough with the putter? I think Cantlay to me and Shoffley have the most to prove here in this group. Mm-hmm. And I think they know that too. I think like they know their next yeah. step is to win a major, right? Like they, you know, they've won four times, but they're world-class players and, and Shoffley has been in the top six in the last four years in the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. So you know it's weighing on him. He hit the ball in the water at the Masters on 16, fell back to third when he was making a little bit of a run to more, or to Matsuyama. But I just feel like, all right, these guys know, like, we're world-class players. We know we can win this. Now can they go out and get it done? Um, yeah. I, and I think I just, those two, man, I think I would pick Cantley over Shoffley. I really do. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would pick Cantley over Shoffley also because – if you look at Shoffley's history in majors, he gets those top 10 finishes, but he melts down a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, he, he melts down in those critical spots, you know, like at, like at the masters, for example, when he took a shot, you know, that was unnecessary and, you know, went into the water. Um, he melts down at like untimely, untimely instances. And I think Cantley is a lot more consistent. Um, and Shoffley, you know, Shoffley has played six rounds here at Torrey Pines. He's missed the cut four times. And then he has a 25th, 25th place finish and a second place finish. So I know the course is like different mm-hmm. this time around, but still it's, it's the same venue. And I feel like maybe he knows he's missed the cut 66% of the time there. Um, so that might be in his head and he's going to be a favorite with there's this week. Everybody loves Shoffley for majors, but he's just one guy one. that, yeah, he's just one guy that I have no interest in backing at 15 to one or in this, or in this price range, really. I just, if I if I play a Shoffley this weekend, I'll be fading him, um, but I'll probably just pass altogether. Fifteen to one. I don't know. How, I mean, how do you play that? Like, I just there ain't no way you could play that to win. Yeah. This is that DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, then you got Rory sitting at twenty-one to one. <laughs> Who's yeah? Well, by the way, has won major championships, you know, um, and won this year. Um, it's yeah. just you know, and then Cantley at twenty-two, JT at twenty-two. I think people are are a little scared of JT right now. They, they see, they know the iron games world-class, but I, they just know the putter can be so bad. It's, and, and it's been terrible. Yeah. It's been like Morikawa. Like he's kind of, I don't want to say he's turning into that, but it's they're kind of in the same breed right now. It's like, okay, you either get, you either get the JT that you got at the players where it just looks like he's putting to the damn ocean, you know? Yeah. Or it looks like there's no hole in the ground, you know, and he just can't, he can't hit the hole from five feet. You know, what's amazing with both of those guys is last year at the, uh, I forget what it was, what tournament was at last year, but I had JT to win and uh, JT sank like a 50, 55 foot putt on 18, I think. And uh, Morikawa needed to sink like a 35 foot putt to send it to a playoff. And I'm thinking there's no way Morikawa is going to make this. And he nailed it. Both those guys hit huge putts. And now both those guys can't even buy a putt. Yeah. Um, so it's just crazy how their putting game comes and goes. But between those two players, I would definitely go with, you know, Morikawa over JT because JT, he can't put together like back-to-back good rounds. He's kind of like Rory. He'll come out, say he'll shoot like a one over, two over for the first round. Second round, he might come out 
and shoot a 30 on the front nine um, and then finish, you know, five under for the second round. But then the third round, he might blow up again. So he's having trouble putting together like a, a, a full weekend of, you know, really good rounds. It's same with same story with Rory. Um, so I think Morikawa uh, is the more consistent of those guys. So that's why I like him in this price range. Let me, let me ask you this, Victor, Ho- the only two we haven't talked about Hovland and Reed Hovland is 92. Yeah. Reed is 9,000. We know Reed likes this place. Um, mm-hmm. We know Reed, you know, you look at, let's see, he was T 13 last year. He had a fourth and 18. So he's had some success at the U S open Hovland. We know U S amateur champion and two top 13s in his first two U S opens. Of those two, are you going to go with the experience or are you going to go with this, this young gun who um, has, you know, certainly has success with USGA kind of uh, atmospheres? Yeah, it's not even a question for me. I'm going to go with Patrick Reed. Okay. Because he's been there. Hovland, how many times is Hovland going to go into a weekend in the top five and then just blow up? Um, mm. It's been happening a lot lately. Somebody actually tweeted last week. They told me it was the curse of the Puerto Rico Open um, with Hadley also. So, uh, I would definitely, I would definitely go with Reed here because this is a perfect course for Patrick Reed, where the winner could be six, eight under, and I think Patrick Reed fits that mold uh, very well. He's definitely a more consistent golfer than Hovland. I mean, Hovland can he can come out, he can go five under through the first five holes, but then he could triple yeah. bogey on the sixth and just go downhill from there. So. I'll take Patrick Reed just for his consistency over Hovland. Yeah. You know, and he's certainly a better short game player too, Patrick Reed, you know, and, and saving those, those clutch pars, but it's interesting, you know, when Reed won the farmers, the guy that finished second with Hovland. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's, he's kind of had some success here. When you look at the splits, historically Hovland, not as good on POA um, Reed, certainly uh, I think more experience there with POA greens and more success, although they both played well, at the farmers. So, uh, Reed showed some good form at Memorial finished fifth and, uh, it was his best iron game, his best ball striking of the year, uh, from the approach game. So yeah. I think he's probably feeling pretty good coming in. I, I'm probably going to lean me to that way, but your one pick in the nines are what in the, in the head to head, who's your one guy. My one guy is Morikawa. Morikawa. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, <sighs> And God, his, his just his, his ball striking can be so damn dominant, right? You know, I, I'm going to give you Rory. You know, I am. I, I just, my, my resources and feelings here with Rory under the radar, I'm going to be starting some lineups right there at 9,900 um, yeah. with Rory McIlroy. All right, let's come on down to the eight. So here we go. Let me give you the so lineup. You're, you're flipping a coin. Huh? I said, yeah. you're flipping a coin with Rory. You never know which one's going to show up. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been okay on the coin flips. So like kind of yeah. when to get in and then, and not, and I think I'm going to get in on Rory this week. So, uh, 89 is Finau. Matsuyama, 88, the master's champion. He can play us opens folks. Gosh, he's been in yeah, the top 21 the last four years, including a second T 17. Anyway, Webb Simpson, he's won a us open. Will Zalatoris finished sixth last year. 8,600. Scheffler, 85. Berger, I'd put in that, I'd put in that same category as Cantley and Schauffele. Next step, let's go. 8,400. Terrell Hatton, 83. Connors, 82. Yeah. Louis, 81. That's disrespectful. Justin Rose, 8,000. Cameron Smith, 8,000. Take me to a couple names there. A couple names I like is I'm going, I'm going with Decky, first of all. Okay. All right. Um, I think I think it's straight disrespectful to <laughs> to have Matt see on my 8,800. He's a gamer also. Yeah. And he plays these courses really well. And if he's on his game, he's another guy like John Rom that could bring the course to its knees, at least for one round. I mean, come out and shoot a 64 in a round. I wouldn't be surprised at all because he's done it so many times, you know, at the TPC, at the masters, stuff like that. I definitely like Matt Yama. I mean, to have Tony Finau pit, uh, you know, with costing more money than Matsuyama, I think that's just straight disrespectful right there. But you know, <laughs> Matsuyama, Matsuyama doesn't get disrespected. You know, he doesn't. He's he's a really nice yeah, guy. Right, right. Um. So you know, I like Matsuyama as my best golfer in this price range. Gosh, you know it, what's interesting with with Matsuyama is that 
since the Masters, we've only seen him a few times, but the dude's like, yeah. is he putting with like the back of the grip? Like he's so bad right now with the putter again. I mean, and his ball striking's yeah. so good. We know he can go. I mean, again, there's a guy right there. If you if you pick the putting week, you're in, you know, because he's going to give it to you tee to green. And he's, and I'll tell you what, I think he's one of the most underrated short game players in the game. I really do. He's, mm-hmm. that dude can hit some shots around the green. Um, yeah, he's, he's definitely getting, uh, he's definitely getting disrespected uh, with Finau there. I, you know, Finau um, is a guy that when you look at, I think Tory Pines, he's had a lot of success there. This is a different venue. I know that, but just the property itself, um, he's yeah. done well there. U.S. Opens, couple top tens. I just, you know, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna pass. I'm gonna come down and save a couple hundred. I think Webb's getting closer. Um, I think Webb had some neck injuries. I know he's given up some distance, um, and that's can be problematic. We had his caddy Paul Tesori on the podcast yesterday, and he kind of gave us an update on the course and just how they're going about strategically. I just get the feeling Webb. It's kind of like, you know, Rom just stuck in neutral a little bit, had the injury. Mm-hmm. And I think now he's starting to come out of it. And, and it's like, okay, let's let's see that best golf out of Webb. Uh, he hit the ball and putted good at the PGA. He was iron game. Is he off the tee, he struggled a little bit. But I think they've worked that out. That was a little bit of a outlier. And he's very good on Poa. He just seems to be very good um out there. Of course, he won his US Open there uh, in the California area. So I, I'm I'm kind of leaning on Webb. Do you think Will? can kind of get it back on the horse. He's cooled off a little bit, right? Um, we ready yeah, for Will I to mean, get back out there? Well, going back to Webb, I also love Webb. Um, the only thing he had going wrong for him in his game is that beard he was growing. <laughs> yeah, it did seem like when he started growing that beard and he wasn't playing very well. So I hope it's totally shaved off for this. Um, but Webb is one of those guys that every tournament, every big tournament I play, um, he's a guy that I automatically bet to be the first round leader because he comes out hot so often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll definitely be playing him for first round leader. Um, but yeah, you know, going to Zalatoris, I mean, this is a guy who can't even picture on the DraftKings app. You know, his <laughs> there's no picture for Will Zalatoris. Uh, I, I, you know, I think the hype to train, to win right now. Well, you Will can is. you can have that you can have that all day because. Yeah. Um, you know, I I'm think his hype train after his first few starts of the year, the hype train was really rolling well on him. Um, but he just hasn't taken that next step to be dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like just like a top ten guy, like a Tony for now. Yeah. But I don't see him like I don't see him challenging guys to win tournaments. Um, so in, in this price range, Zalatoris is not a guy that you know I'm gonna back. Right. Um he could have a good week, but I just I feel like he's so small that it just he just doesn't have it to to win a tournament. And when I play guys, I'm I'm just looking for guys who have the ability to win a tournament. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see that on Zalatoris. He's he's definitely cooled off, you know, from his from his hot start. Um <laughs> I think I'm gonna probably pass on the 86, especially with Webb there at 87. That's definitely yep. my guy there in the top range. And then, you know, you start moving down to Shuffler at 85. We know. We've seen signs from Scheffler. Um, is he ready at 85? I'll probably pass. Berger, I think, U.S. Open-wise, he had the top 10 in 2018. He's, you know, kind of not even – he hasn't been much in the hunt a- outside of that. His short game yeah. is what really concerns me. He's a good poet putter, but his – you know, Berger just – those that those, that short game magic, right, that you need. And – I just don't think Berger's there yet when it comes to that. Um, Hatton's had a little success. He was T6 back in 2018 with Berger. Um, 2018. He's my favorite. He's my favorite. You like Terrell? I I love when I can get the PGA Tour live and it's just Terrell Hatton's group. Okay. I love to to hear him yell at himself because he spends the entire round like just yelling at himself. He'll He'll hit like a bad shot and he'll just start laughing. And he'll be like, that was so bad. Like, oh my, what am I yeah. doing? Like, that is yeah. so bad, Tyrell. And he'll just laugh at himself. I think he's he's one of the best watches to just watch play, especially if he was mic'd up. Um, I think it's, you know, it's pretty fun to watch him play, but he's he's really inconsistent, wildly inconsistent. He could start off the round, you know, six under mm-hmm. through the front nine and then go four over through the next three holes. So 
Um, he's wildly inconsistent for me. You know, Terrell hit the ball good enough last week to win at Palmetto mm-hmm. um, and lost three, finished second, tied for second in putting. So that's a good sign. And his splits on, on, uh, on POA are good. You know, I, I look at this group. And I'll definitely be sprinkling some money on Webb Simpson to win at 50 to one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to find Terrell Hatton's odds right now on sports being, or the draft book or the sports book here from DraftKings. Terrell Hatton, 40 to one. So he's getting some play. There's Louie at 40. I wouldn't touch that. Although I think Louie down in the 8100 is a great play in fantasy. I mean, I mean, the guy's a, a U.S. Open, you know, genius when it comes to just... Yeah navigating what it takes to play us opens and, and finish high. I mean, he's got a third last year, T seven. He's, he's, he's up there always making the cut strokes gain total. You look at him at us opens. I mean, he's in the top in the last five years, he is third. <laughs> I mean, so the dude yeah. knows how to play us opens. I mean, I don't know how you can't play Louis Eustazen at 8,100. I know Rose is at 8,000. He's won a us open. He's played well. You know, he's had some signs here and there. T-third back in 19. But, I mean, that low range, how, how do you not play Louis? I love Louis. You know, his number one stroke scan putting. He's got uh, three top top seven finishes in his last four events with that second place at PGA. I don't know if I would bet him to win. Um, but definitely for 8,100, I'm putting him in my lineup. Yeah. And here's a little tip. If you want to bet Louis... On DraftKings, you can bet exact the results. So you can bet first and second. So whoever mm-hmm. you think is going to win, bet them to get first and take Louis to get second because he's allergic to first place. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a tough one to bet on. Uh, although. And he jokes. His, he, although. He jokes, def- he jokes about it, too. Yeah, in his defense. You know? Well, no, wait. No, no, no. Louis did hit it in the water in the match in the, uh, at Zurich. Yeah. Didn't he? That was Louis. Charles was his partner. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> he did. Thank God he finished. Thank God he did hit in the water because I had Cam and and, uh, and Leishman on on a win ticket. So I was really happy to see that. Um, but I I, I get he actually jokes about how he gets second place so much. He jokes about it. So you know if he can find humor in it, I can too. But it would be great to see him win. It would. Uh, it would be great to it see would. him take him take on yeah. these days. He's never won in the United States ever. Nope. That's crazy, crazy to say that. That's crazy. His only PGA yeah, Tour win, quote, is the Open Championship. Yeah. That counts as a – but anyway, that's that. Yeah, I, I just – I don't think Connors is ready yet. Um, again, I think there's more yeah. maturity there from a short game and putting. I like Connors. I like his ball strike. I, I You know, I think he's shown the progress. Uh, I don't know if he's ready yet, though. You know, you, you got to have the whole game here. This is a major, and we talk about this – yeah, You know, and this is where the major championships, especially the U S open, they're going to challenge every part of your game and those deficiencies. I just, I'm willing to look past the short game in a lot of venues, but not this one, like this one, you've got to, you've got to be able to finesse some stuff. And especially if you have that ball, that bad ball striking day, which you're probably going to have, mm-hmm. you got to get, you got to, you got to hang in there, you know? And, and I just worry about players like a Connors and a burger uh, who, their short games to me are not to the level that we're talking about with yeah. uh, uh, Matsuyama, right? To me, terrific short game player, Patrick Reed, Cantlay. You know, those guys, to me, their short games are, are top notch. So in the 8,000s, I, I think, honestly, I'm, I'm really liking Webb Simpson at 87. I'll probably sprinkle in Hideki at 88. And, I'll, and I'm definitely in on Louie. And I'll probably sprinkle in some Hatton in there. Yeah, I'm looking at Matsuyama, Webb Simpson as well, Ustazen, and uh, I'll probably sprinkle on Justin Rose just because he's a gamer and he's had some time off. I love Corey Connors. I think he hits his long irons just as yeah. as good as anybody. That's um, true. But like you said, his, his putter has just been ki- his putter has been killing me the, the the last few tournaments. I think Corey was playing too many too many events. You know, to be honest, hmm. he was playing okay. every single weekend. Um, so I think it's good. He's taking a little time off. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely take like a Louis over honors in a, in a DFS setup. As we move into the 7,000s, it's always interesting to look at. I like to use fantasy national and, you know, you can build models. You can kind of parse out individual stats on what you think is important. And we know stroke state approach is, is such a huge stat. And then you can move the other ones around how you see it. Um, 
But you mentioned that those long, long irons, you know, there's going to be some par threes, a lot of par threes between over the Mm -hmm. 200 clip. So how do they play those shots? We know there's going to be some, some long iron shots, right. That you want to, to value here. Um, I I also think you got to look at that proximity around hundred to 125, because I do think you're going to see a lot of guys punching out to their numbers, right? So they're going to, the guys that don't have the length and the strength when Mm -hmm. they do get in, they're going to have to wedge it out and then go from there. So I do think that's worth a look. Um, Cameron Smith is a guy that comes to mind. Um, when you look at long, longer par threes, he does very well. And then his proximity from 100, 125, he's, he's pretty well. So you can see where the deficiency may be off the tee for Cameron, but then he can make it up with some iron game and he's a wonderful short game player. And I think he's playing the best golf of his career. I think Cameron Smith, a really interesting name here. I really do. I just, um, I want to take a little closer look at him as we round out the 8,000. All right. Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor. Improve your golf swing today. Pro-level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with Shot Tracer. Helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback data and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable cases about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com. R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com. Rapsodo.com. Let's move on. 7,000. Abraham answer kicks it off. You ready to play him at 7,900? He rates out well last 24 rounds. He's been playing some good golf. Um, he, why don't he you has. stop me where you like? Yeah. I'm going to go down Abe this answer. list. You stop me. Abe has been playing some great golf. Um, just It's another guy that struggles with consistency, you know? He yeah. put together, what did he, he, he shot a 64 in the final round of the PGA, you know? Yep. Um, yep. But he just, I just... I just, the first couple of rounds, he just struggled. He, it's like he's slow to get into the tournament. And then he has that one bad round where he blows up. I just wish he was a lot more consistent. Um, but definitely in this price range, he's a good, he's a good, yeah. you know, he's a good play. He's been playing good. And, you know, he, he strokes gained par four. When you look at it last 24 rounds, he's number two in this field. So he's, <laughs> he does well there. His short game is always a question mark. I do think it's gotten better. Um, I think he's worth a look. Paul Casey, 79 Fleetwood, 78. Can you tell me why everybody likes Tommy Fleetwood? Everybody. Like, I don't get it. It's mm. like, what? He's one of my least favorite golfers to bet. Every time I bet, every time I bet him, he loses. Every time I bet against him, he beats me. Um, so Tommy Fleetwood, it's another wildly inconsistent guy who just, you never know which Tommy Fleetwood's going to show up. Um, I, I think he's having, you know, some of the, the worst years of his career lately um so tommy fleetwood is a guy that i'm not looking to back in any fashion if i'm gonna bet it's gonna be betting against him but he's a guy that i'm just not backing you know whatsoever yeah i mean he had a success 18 7 you know 2018 he was second 2017 mm-hmm. he's fourth i just don't feel like he's the same player last couple of years he gets a lot of hype his short has been good um yeah i just yeah i, I i'm i'm out on uh on fleetwood let's let's keep moving down here so we've got fitzpatrick who you know, has a couple top 12s last three years in U.S. Open. He's always an interesting name. I just I find my, I have a hard time getting behind Fitzpatrick. I don't know yeah. why. I think I'd rather come down to Burns and say, all right, let's take the next step. Sammy Burns, 77. You ready for him? I didn't want to say I was going to take Burns because I know you're, <laughs> you're like the president of his fan club. <laughs> um, hey, but no one's, ta- no one's touted Burns and, and Higgo more than I have in the yeah. last uh, five months. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, a few months ago, people didn't even know who Sam Burns was. Right. You know, but if you if you go back to, you know, if you go back to the the Texas tournament where he's, you know, winning and stuff um, in the Zurich. And uh, this is a guy that was playing the most dominant golf on tour for like a month. Mm-hmm. You know, he was dominating for a month. And then he had that really bad round. I think uh, where did he have that bad round at? And he pulled out of the tournament with an injury. Um. Hold on. Deve- yeah. Maybe like in Texas, the AT&T or something like that. Was it Colonial? 
Mm, it might have been, but I, I think he was just having a bad day and he pulled out. I'm not really sure if he's injured, um, but he's been, he's been so hot that he's definitely a guy in the 7,000s that I think is undervalued. I'm really mm-hmm. not sure why he's, why he's in this range. He's with guys like Tommy Fleetwood because, um, you know, straight up, I would, take, I would take Burns to just destroy Fleetwood because uh, you know yeah. Burns has been Burns has been there before. He knows what a what a what a win feels like. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood doesn't. Same with Fitzpatrick and stuff. So in this price range, Burns is definitely a guy that I can get behind. Yeah, me too. Valspari won second at Byron, fiftieth at Memorial. We he let's see. He's okay. Yeah, I'm just the only thing with Burns. I think is you know he's a Southern guy. I love him on Bermuda. Poe is his second best split. Um, you know, it's like this next step thing for Burns, right? Is he ready to take that next step? He hasn't had a lot of success yet. U.S. Open. Yeah. I do think the one thing I do think with Burns and the reason that, that I was like touting him for a long time was, and I know his coach, Brad Pullen, who, um, out of Louisiana, who I had on the podcast. And the reason I was so big on Burns was like, he's long and he's a great iron player, mm-hmm. you know, and he can putt, especially on Bermuda. So it's like, okay, I'll look past short game. But will I look past it here? And I look at him as of late. I think his short game has gotten better. So I think I'm ready to throw Burns in. I don't know if I want to play him to win, but I'm definitely ready to throw him in here into fantasy um, at 7,700. There's Mickelson. Speaking and of 7,700, Phil Mickelson is here. Speaking of Sam Burns, like I think he's taken that next step this year. Yeah. I mean, by winning, he showed that he's not scared of guys. Right. Um, he's not scared of anyone. So. I kind of like his attitude. He knows he can win now. And when you know you can win, you're dangerous. Like, you know, just yeah. like Phil, just like Phil Mickelson, like you're going to talk about right now. He's dangerous right now. So he is, he is dangerous. And, and he knows Tory Pines, although it's changed since he was a kid. He's won here before. I think he's won Tory three times yeah. in his career. Um, I mean, you could certainly convince me to play him in fantasy turns 51 Wednesday. Um, is he going to win it? No. I mean, it, it sets up perfectly for him with like a low scoring winner. Um, yeah. he hasn't I had much, have su- no idea he, he hasn't had much, PGA. I don't know. He hasn't had much <laughs> success here, but he, he's taken some time off. Um, he's definitely enjoyed himself. So I, I think there's, I, he was 70 to one. There's definitely worse bets for, for 70 to one that you can do with your money. Cause you know, if film, if we're sitting here next week and, you're like Phil Mickelson, the U.S. Open winner, seventy to one. Would you be like, would you be surprised that he won, or you would just be like, oh, I can't believe he won again? You know, yeah, I wouldn't right. be surprised he won because he definitely has the ability to win, um, but it's just so hard to do it back to back, you know. And he has yeah. those six, he has those six runner ups at the U.S. Open. Yep. Um, so. oh, it's it's the biggest story. I mean, obviously, if he wins, completes the Grand Slam. I think second biggest story would be Rom. Um, you know, then it's debatable after that. You know, Brooks. And Bryson playing in the final round would probably be right there. That would be you know, great. He got 70 to one, Phil. Adam Scott, 70 to one. <sighs> Gary Woodland, 70 to one. Connors is 75 with Higo. Um, you know, and, and then Woodland, you go, Woodland, God, Woodland Sam Burns is 110 to one. Yeah. Gee, many Christmas. Yeah. Holy. All right. Well, let's keep Woodland. moving. Lowry. Woodland, I could play Woodland Lowry. playing better also, you know. Woodland's been playing better. Um, he has, well, he finally, you know, he finally went back to Butch. So it's that dude jumps around like Gary, stop it. Like just play your game. Like he'll go over here. Like like he's missing something. Then he goes, and then it's like, dude, don't do that. Just stay with Butch, do your thing. Let it come to you. Like he, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Gary's back. I think Gary's, yeah, he's certainly, he's certainly, um, well, he knows how to win the U S open. We know that. And you know, can he, can he kind of garner enough to get back to that confidence level? Uh, as I continue to move down this list here in the sevens, because uh, there's some interesting names here, and, and we're getting to Gary at 75. Lowry, you know, so there's Lowry at 76, Sunjay 76, Kokrak 76. I like Kokrak. I like yeah. Kokrak at 76. I, I, I think I could play Kokrak and Woodbrook for sure in this range. I'm still angry that Kokrak beat my Spieth on the final day. Uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but I think that was more Jordan Spieth choking that tournament away than Kokrak winning, but his putter was just lights out. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's coming in with confidence. I just think this course is a little too hard for him. 
And Shane Lowry, that's a guy that he'll probably be sitting in the top 10 on Sunday, making a run to finish inside the top 10. That's kind of like how he plays. Sunjai, yeah. Sunjai, I mean, he's all over the place. You never know which, yeah. you never know no, which no, guy's going to show up. Yeah. Um, so, but there is a guy that strikes me like at, you know, 7,500 that has the ability to, to win, you know, Sergio Garcia. Um, he can come out, you know, really hot. Um, I think at the AT&T, uh, I tied first round leader with him and Jordan, but Sergio, he's been playing all right. You know, he's been yep. putting it together for a few rounds. Yep. And I think, you know, he, he plays this kind of course well where, a, you know, a not, not too low of a score will be the winner. I think he can keep it close, but I just don't know if he can close it out on the, on the weekend. Yeah. You know, we're getting to that, that now you're, you got to stretch a little bit right here and you get, you yeah. start getting to these mid to low sevens and Sergio, man, I just, uh, you know, you know, you're going to get it with the ball striking. It's, you know, with, with the putter and all that. And his short game is fine. Neiman in there at 75, he was T 23 last year. So he's, he's showing some maturity there. Um, you know, Kokrak's an interesting name. I, I got to spend a little more time there. I, I'm excited about the improvement of Kokrak two-time winner this year. I'm, I'm a little hesitant on POA with him. And, and I, I think I, you make a valid point. It is a difficult course. His short game is his weakness. I, I'll spend a little more time there. I, I definitely, I don't think I'll play him to win, but I, I definitely will fit him in into some lineups um, somewhere. Neiman's interesting, 75. Um, we know talented kid, talented ball striker. And one of those guys that, you know, can, can I, I think can bring a course to its knees with his ball striker. I mean, I think he can, mm. he can drive it and strike it like, but you got, you're not going to, it's hard to do that for four days, right? You got to, you're going to have to get some of the other parts of the game in there. And can he keep those rounds going? Or is he going to make silly mistakes that maybe you don't get with some other players as we, as we move down is Brian Harmon ready at 20 at 74. Mm. That's not a guy. I mean, he has made, you know, 17 out of 19 cuts this year, but yeah. Harmon, I, I think Harmon's ceiling is like a 20th place finish. Okay. You know, well that's 7,400. Um, yeah. For fantasy, so. that wouldn't be too bad. Adam Scott, 74. Lee Westwood. Well, we're getting yeah, down to a... Lee. We're not there yet. Leash. We know Leash is... I can't play Leashman. I'm sorry. I just can't do it here. Not... Yeah. Well, we know, like, he's... You know, we know he can play here at, at, at this course, Farmers um, mm-hmm. and Tory. But again, different course. I, I just... I, I, I don't know. I, I think I have a hard time here with Leashman. I, I think I would probably... You know, I would definitely in this range at 74 um i would definitely go into the coke rack woodland a little mm-hmm. heavier and then probably make up some of that in the bottom here watson 74 lee westwood 73 kind of cooled off english showed some signs last week played like an absolute dog sunday thank you harris english for that letting my boy higo win um but some good signs there for harris he he, he's got to take some positives away. He was fourth last year, but he was playing great last yeah. year. I, I think I'll probably pass with Harris at 73. I'll pass with Horschel at 73. Home, a California kid. Is he ready? That's who Home I like. ready to take the next step? I like Home on this price range because um, he has the ability to win it. You know, that's the thing. I'm looking for guys when I'm playing guys in these you know lineups or, or betting these guys in the tournament. I'm looking for guys that have the ability to win it. And I think Homa, he's got five top tens this year. He's a guy that we know can win it. He's mm-hmm. one in California. He's a mm-hmm. California boy. So he's going to have confidence. Um, so Homa is definitely a guy that I'll be backing in this price range. Okay. Cert- certainly, over, certainly over like a, you know, a Lee Westwood, um, you know, Harris English, like you said, yeah, he's been playing well. Um, well he played Billy well Horton. last week. Yeah, he's, he played well last week. Um, Horschel is just like all over the place. Um, I love Billy Horschel. I always say he's the best dressed golfer on tour, um, but he's just so he's been so inconsistent. Yeah. You know, so as we kind of work down here to the bottoms of the sevens, I always give you a lot to think about here. And it's just fun to kind of talk through these and, you know, we've, we've done some, a lot of research already, but as you go through these on air and, you know, you're certainly getting closer to your final picks and some are more, a firm or, or a, little, a little firmer than others, as you can tell, probably in the way we talk about it. But 
you know, there's C. Wu, 73. Uh, Christian Bezedenhout, 72. Feels like a big course for him. Yeah. Brandon Grace, 72. Has showed signs, but not much in U.S. Opens. Although a T5, 2016. Missed the cut the last two years. There's my boy, Higo. I mean, how do you not play Higo? Like, where's his, where's his picture? He's one of the... He, he's a he's a young look good looking stud. They don't even have a picture. They don't have a I picture for him. At seventy two made hey he made the cut at the PGA right wins Palmetto. I mean I've been telling people look dude the, the kid's long great iron player and he can putt like you know like he's he's not scared like he knows exactly he's gonna make some silly mistakes he where you know Higo the thing with Higo last week by the way go back to his first two rounds look at how many eight footers he missed for birdie I mean he mm-hmm. like left five or six out there easy. Easy. I mean, he was just piercing his irons Thursday and Friday. I mean, in there, nine feet, 10 feet par. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, I, I look for him to make the cut. I mean, I'll, I'll play Higo. You know that. I'm a homer, 7,200, but he's, but he's playing very well through the roof confidence. Oh, by the way, number one player in the world was in the field. He beat him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Stuart Sink. Like, that's where I was saying up top, I'm going to, I'll make it up at the bottom here, and there because there's some guys that I like here at the bottom. I like Higgo and I like Sink, both to make the cut and do well. Yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna bet Stewart Sink, it's gonna be the week after a major because he seems to win the week after a major, <laughs> uh, like like at the Masters. Um, but Stewart Sink, he's had a career a career rebirth this year. He's been playing yeah. great. I think this course might be a little too long for him, but Higgo, I could see playing him because he's gonna hit those bomb drives. And his confidence is through the roof right now. He yeah. knows he can win. And really, he has nothing to, there's nothing to hold back this weekend. If he does well, like he wasn't even supposed to be here, you know? So I think right. he could play with, he could play with like a reckless abandon that could allow him to get hot, you know, maybe finish top 20, top 10, something like that. He definitely has the ability. Um, yeah. I, I'd back, I'd back him before, you know, the next guy on the list, Matthew Wolf, who right. has had the worst season as a pro. Um, but yeah, Higo. And think I, I definitely backed them over Wolf. You ever think you'd see the guy that finished second in the U.S. Open last year be 225 to one the next year to win? Yeah, I, I believe it because he there's something wrong with his game. Either he was injured, year makes, or he has the yips, something like that. I'm just I'm just not really sure. <laughs> well, I, I think I think Matthew just didn't want to play golf. Like I think he, you know, I I don't know this, but I, I to me it looked like to me that it just got to the point where he was a little burnout, maybe a little depression settling in. And then you just don't want to be out there and play. And I think you need to take some time away. We'll see where he's at. Um, coming back Hoffman to me, mm, completely disrespected at 7,200. Yeah. He's been playing great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll play Hoffman for sure. That's what I say. I love the guys in the sevens here. I like Higo. I like, I think, and, and, by, and to your point and sink, dude, that guy's got longer. He hits at 300. I mean, he's <laughs> he long. Does. So I'm okay with sink. I'm okay with Higo. I'm okay with Hoffman mm-hmm. and I'm okay with Matt Wallace at 7,100. And that's kind of where I'll leave it in the bottom sevens. And I'll just re- read off the rest of the names, Kucher, Streelman, Molinari, Ortiz, mm-hmm. Palmer, Nash, Schwartzel, Champ, Robert McIntyre, who, who I think is an interesting name because of his length, Ian Poulter, mm-hmm. Matt Jones, Russell Henley, who's an interesting name because we know can pierce it with his irons and had a couple of top thirties. T18, T17. Is there any name that you got to play there? Although I know you love Hoffman, but any of those bottoms there in the sevens? Yeah, I, I always like Kevin Na. I think he's the one guy that has the ability to win any tournament. Yeah. Um, can't, I don't understand how Ian Poulter is priced the same as Cameron Champ, who might be fighting for last place again this week. Um, but Cameron Champ, I think Cameron Champ's game has never been in the worst place. Um, so if I'm playing a guy at seven, it's probably... Probably Ann Poulter or Kevin Na. Okay. Uh, Ryan, I think we saw Ryan Palmer like hit his peak already this season. Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of come down a little bit, so I probably won't be playing him. But uh, Kevin Na, Ian Poulter in this price range. Um, Russell Henley, he could put together a, a good tournament. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, uh, the names that I gave out: Na, Poulter, Hoffman, um, guys like that. I, I think they could you know easily finish inside the top twenty. And that's pretty much what I'm looking for uh, when I get guys in this range. I just want a guy, you know, you just want a guy who can make the cut because yep. you just, you don't want, you know, four out of your five golfers to, to make the cut. And then, you know, you're just getting crushed the weekend by someone right. who had all their golfers make the cut. So right. um, that's, that's what I really look for guys. who will just make the cut at least. Yep. 
Yeah, I, there's there's a lot to chew on there. So I know we we kind of threw some names out there, some we don't like and some that we do. All right, let's finish it up. We've got in the 6,000s, um, the way that we do it is we're each going to give you two names that we like here in the 6,000s. I'll let you go first. Give me a name. I'm going to take my boy, ZJ, Zach Johnson. <laughs> um, you know, major winner. He's playing decent this season. He's made 15 of 19 cuts with three top tens. Um, he may not be able to win a tournament these days, like a major. He's not going to win a major, but he could finish in the top 10. Sometimes he gets into that Mr. Consistency mode. You know, where he'll just shoot a two under every round and just sneak his way into the top 10. Um, so I like his consistency. Um, and I think he, he's, a, he's a gamer for majors. So, you know, Zach Johnson, I like. And then Brendan Steele. Um, okay. I, I right. think, uh, you know, Steele, uh, um, I did like, you know, Sebastian Munoz. He's been playing well lately, but I think this course might be a little too long for him. He yeah. plays well at shorter courses. Um, and then another guy who was intriguing last week, who I played in a matchup last week. Don't say Wilco. Yeah, I played him in the third round last week, and he shot like a three over. And then he came back in the final round and had a great round. Um, so Wilco, he's that bomber. But I just, after what he did to me in round three last week, I just don't trust him. So, um, and look at you, you have Martin Keimer at 6,900 also. I know. Um, but, Who's a Reese Jones specialist, by the way. Martin Keimer is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll give you Wilco. You know, that's that's my first guy. Nina Bar. I think Wilco's the longest. I, I think he has the most length in professional golf right now. I think he's mm-hmm. longer than Bryson. He went like 364 on the air last week. Yeah. You know? He's 21. He's um he's South African. Played very well last week in the top 10, I think. Mm-hmm. 11. He was T10 or T11. Um, he's just raw. You know, he's just a young pup. And it's just kind of coming at him as it goes right now. And but I like him. You know, I think. Yeah, you know, he, we don't see much of him over here. You know, we saw, we saw Wilco, we saw, um, Higo perform really well. And I know the field was not that great. I get it. Yeah. And we're, this is a much different venue and field, but look, it was a kids, tough course. It was a tough, a tough course. course. Yeah. But these kids are and but the ball's going to be bouncing too. You know, the ball, mm-hmm. you know, the ball's going to be bouncing. You got that, that ground game a little bit with some rough, but I, 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 I'm, I'm okay with Wilco at 68 making the cut. Um, and I'll give you a couple other names to consider here. Uh, Guido, I think is an interesting name. Migliozzi from the European tour. I think a very yeah. talented player, Italian 24 year old. And I'm really intrigued by Cameron young who who's won twice on the corn Ferry tour. And you want to talk about, you want to talk about an athlete playing golf. This dude is a big boy. He can hit it. <laughs> I mean, he is yeah. stupid long. In fact, you might, I might reconsider that statement with Wilco because Cameron Young can hit it. I mean, he is a big, big kid, and he's playing very well right now on the Corn Ferry Tour. Those are, these are some interesting names down in the 6,000s. Now, they don't have a lot of experience. I get that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that those are the exactly ones I'm going to play, but I, I think I will. Well, I, I do think I'll sprinkle Wilco in, Guido in. I think I'll sprinkle Cameron in and because uh, we do see these stories play out some. Uh, at the U.S. Open. And length is going to play here. I mean, length is going to have some value, and these guys can really bust it out there um, as I uh, just pull yeah, up. Another these. guy, another guy I like in, in this price range, if I had to play another one, would be like Jonathan Vegas. He's been yeah, playing some pretty, I was going pretty, to. Yep. Pretty, pretty good golf. Yep. Uh, I don't think he gives – I don't think he'll – you know, I don't think he's going to win a tournament. Yep. But he can, he can be right there on a Sunday making a charge like we saw last week. Um, so I think he's definitely a good price. You know, certainly I would play Vegas over like Lanto Griffin, you know? So I, I think that's yeah. pretty disrespectful for Vegas to be at 6,800. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I think um, Zach's Zach is a, is a very solid play. I mean, he is a veteran that knows how to get things. He knows how to get it around and manage this. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I gave you some young pups to consider there, but if you want to go, I think a little more of an experience route, I think Zach is certainly the play. I think McKenzie or uh, Henrik Stenson, who's shown a little bit more form. We know he can get around a little bit when it's there. A couple top tens there, 19 and 18. Um, you know, another experienced guy. And, I, and I'll and i just, you know, and then I'll also throw in, um, I lost my, my there, Bern. Yeah, Bern Wiesberger, another European who I think can make the cut here. 
um, who has for three of the last four years, I had a T16 back in 2017. Burns kind of up and down, but I, I, you know, looking for a guy to make the cut. I think he's another one to consider. Vegas played very well last week. Very well. Um, So he's showing some form coming in. So much to look at here. Hopefully, uh, Ches Revy T third back in 2000. How the hell does that happen? Guy can't hit it out of his shadow. How's he making it here at the U.S. Open? Lot to consider here. Torrey Pines, U.S. Open. Hopefully, we gave you some good feedback. It's time to do a little more research, fill out our, um, fill out some lineups here, but probably won't get them all out there till the end of the day on Wednesday, learn a little, more, a little bit more about the course. But those are some names to uh, consider. Any final thoughts as we uh, part ways? If I had to give one winner, I'm going with John Rom. Johnny Rom. And if I had to give a last place, Cameron Champ. So <laughs> those are my two plays. And who was your first round leader? You, you gave me a name, Webb. Uh, Webb Simpson, always first round leader. Okay. Auto play. Him, and Keegan, him and Keegan Bradley, always auto plays. Putting it in right now. First round leader. Beating the bookie. You're the best, buddy. This has been fun. We'll be in touch this week. Best of luck to everybody out there. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.